Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Kieran Fletcher. This is the first episode of Season 6. Hell yeah. Kieran, death, very complicated thing, and that is why we are getting stuck into 2006's Final Destination 3. It was an accident. There it is. They barely escaped. The ones who got off that roller coaster are still going to die. It's become a destination. You're reading into this like them urban legends. They can't avoid. I never thought I could see my own death before it happened. You're dead! Final Destination 3. Meet you at the end. Rated R. How are we doing today? I thought you were going somewhere with the death, very complicated thing, but it's just... Well, I was looking down the quotes from the film and oh, like, okay. there's very it's few that kind of work. So statement. Um, I gave the tagline for the film. Nice. I'm good. I'm all right. It's nice and sunny now. You all right? Not bad. Not I, bad. I don't like not doing these in person, I have to say. It's not ideal for me either, but uh, we roll with the punches. It? We do. Last time when we started the season we'd kind of changed the whole structure. So I gave a whole big ramble before we got stuck into anything. The categories, some are the same. The rest have been tweaked. You'll see those when we get to them ultimately. First question, as always, remains the same though. What do you think the critics thought of Final Destination 3? I think we're on the third one. Slap bang in the middle. There's five, am I right? There are five, yeah. I think... The third one, by now the critics know what to expect. And I hope that, like Piranha, they appreciate it for what it is. There is a sixth in the works, by the way. They are bringing it back. Oh, brilliant. Good. That was by the, uh, maker, the makers of Saw are reinventing it. Well, yeah, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? They're very similar-esque films, just thinking about horrible ways to kill people. I'd say the tone... The tone is different, but the reason you tune in is the same. Yeah, the to- yeah, Saw is much darker. There's not much comedy in Saw, is there? There's some, but it's you. It's, it's I guess I was going to say it's much darker, but it's probably a similar type of humor. There's just less of it. Yeah, but I mean, you don't. There's no like titty jokes in Saw. <laughs> I'm trying to. Th- I mean, I've seen all of them, but I think I actually my pathway to Final Destination went through Saw. I told the story oh, on here really? before that I basically was at someone's house. You look, not, you don't, you don't want to be the chicken, and they say, "Let's put on a scary film." Yeah. I had the choice between essentially something horrible and supernatural <clears throat> or blood. Watch Saw, realized yeah. what the hell was I afraid of? Like, I know, I, I mean, can deal with this fine. And so, Saw's not a horror, is it? It's, it's gore. It's not a, it's not a horror. Like, would well, you say I was, that these films are horror films? I wouldn't. Uh, they're probably horror adjacent, but yeah. when I was 14, a horror yeah. was a horror. True. Um, and so, yeah, then I went to Final Destination 4 
at the cinema which I'm not sure I'm not sure which one I watched first I, I'm gonna I want to say um I watched Final Destination first purely because they used to always be on um film four didn't they like channel four well they I basically they did them. Final Destination four in 3d which was the big pull everything was 3d at the time they were yeah. supposed to have kind of upgraded it I did watch it in 3d I remember that I remember going and thinking it was fantastic. All of this time, really, up to this week, if someone asked me what I thought the best one was, I probably would have said that one. can tell you for a fact, it is undisputably, undoubtedly, whatever unword you want to put in there, the worst of the five. <laughs> what, what by the, the, they all blend by the largest stretch imaginable. Uh, it's the NASCAR one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very, um, very bad. But the rest what, the rest are all good. What's the one where um the dentists one? Is that two? That's two, yeah. Yeah. I mean the guy that gets squashed by the glass, the panel of glass. Yeah. 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 Trying to I mean, scare some is... pigeons away. So there's a <laughs> there, there's a there's a message there. There is a link as well, because pigeons are also involved in this one. Well, let me give you the <clears throat> critics reviews and then we'll go back to kind of where it all started. Yeah. So lazily plotted and poorly written, one wonders why New Line didn't just release a half-hour version consisting of nothing but death scenes. Got a point, but we, we, you know, that's just someone that doesn't know what they're about to sit through, surely. Vapid, pointless, and wholly predictable. I wouldn't say it was predictable. I'd say part of the fun is guessing how they're going to die. I don't think the deaths are particularly predictable. I guess the sunbeds, you know what's going to happen. But other than that, like, no. Enjoyable threequel, which delivers handsomely on the demands of the franchise. An attractive cast, inventive direction, a dark sense of humour, and yeah. increasingly nasty death sequences. Threequel is incredible. I've never heard that before. That's I have, but I've looked through enough reviews to, uh, to yeah. have got here. Threequel's great. Um, yeah, that's the one that I agree with most. That's someone that knows what they're about to watch. The people in this movie are some of the stupidest people in the history of movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> they don't, they're not fleshed out enough for you to know if they're intelligent or stupid. So that's a stupid comment. The Final Destination series caters to its target audience without insulting it, which is why these flicks make so much damn money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're not meant to take it seriously. You're not meant to think, oh, these characters are so stupid. And actually, no, so, the one of them isn't in this. One of them works it out, doesn't she? Yeah. She's, if anything, well, she's the most intelligent one. The The origin story for Final Destination, it began as a TV script that Jeffrey Reddick wrote to be an episode of The X-Files. Oh, wow. I didn't know New that. Line saw the potential of its kind of original idea, started working to make it into a feature film. In the X-Files script, it was Scully's brother that had a premonition that got them off the plane, and then the people who got off the plane were being murdered, and he was the prime suspect. The twist at the end was that there was a sheriff who'd helped them investigate the case who had died in the line of duty at the same time as the plane went down. So death had taken over him and had him going out and cleaning up the mess, killing the people that he'd missed. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, you can see why why they thought actually we can get some films out of this. So they started putting a script together. It's kind of in the early stages and Scream comes out Mm. and they realize teenagers 
in horror films are the hottest thing in film right now. Why don't we just make them all teenagers? Yeah. And instead of death taking over somebody and killing them, death is just this kind of force that's killing them off. It is the whole um, Ameri- American trope, though, where it, you say teenagers, but they all look like mid-30s. Yeah, yeah. They're never actually teenagers. But, well, yeah. there's a point that I was going to bring up later, a point which made me squirm a bit when I was watching in the, the two girls that die in the tanning salon. In mm. the funeral after, he's like, you know, these girls didn't even make it to 18. And we've been seeing them prance mm. around topless for the mm. entire last scene. And it's like... They're that not, feels a bit weird now that I've watched is, that, but they're like 24 and 25 at the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. That's fine, yeah. It's the same. They do it with Euphoria. Like, every so often they remind you that these people are supposed to be 17, and mm-hmm. then Sydney Sweeney or someone else comes on screen, and you're like, okay, I can put that to the side for... Exactly. I, know that, I know that they're like 26. I feel like um, <clears throat> Zendaya is the one that probably looks the youngest, though. And she's older than Sydney Sweeney. Yeah, that's weird. It's just because she doesn't wear makeup, and or they actually like downplay her with makeup, don't they? Well, she's supposed to be a junkie. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, Jeffrey Reddick, who is credited as the creator, he says the biggest challenge was that the studio could not get their head around the fact that death was the killer. Yeah, he said there's always a killer that you can see, or there's a killer that you can fight, but this was not a killer they could fight, and we're not showing them. In most thrillers, there's a physical antagonist, a killer that you can see, interact yeah. with. And in these movies, the killer was intangible, which made the possibility of death inevitable. You couldn't escape it. Yeah. And they wondered where the twist could be in that. But that's what makes it cool, isn't it? That's what I like about these Yeah, because you are death fighting is, fate. Death is the, the biggest fear that anyone has. Like we all die at some point, it is inevitable. As we, yeah. as I don't think we need to touch on. And the plus point is how we've got here. You can set this concept in any country, any time, any place. Yeah, we all we all know that death could come at any time. It's something that resonates with people, <clears throat> and it's not a particularly complex point to get people on board with. No, it doesn't take a lot of um, deep philosophical thought, does it? To to watch these films but i suppose there is that philosophical element to it which is like when is when is our time sort of thing but the two film the first film goes down a storm incredibly creative they get the guy in who's just been in casper in uh (laughs) devon sour the first one then yeah so the the first film is the highest rated of the lot the second is next i think and then i think it's the fifth, then the third, and then the fourth is like a 5.2, I think. Yeah. Okay. This is a 5.9. doesn't even hit the sixes. Mm. Well. So they do well. The second one, they do it kind of like a Saw film, actually. So a Saw film, for the majority, is you put these people in one room. None of them know each other, but they're all in this situation together. Yeah. The second yeah. one is where the incident happens on the highway, all of these people are were going to be in an accident and yeah. they're working out their personalities as they go along. And that's the quirk to it. That these people say, why should we stick together? I'm living my life. I'm not being dragged down by you crazy people. Yeah. They go back to teenagers with this one. That was the formula that worked. It left them more to kind of untangle when you have these people that know each other working together. Yeah. The, the casting for this looked very different on paper. 
Right, go on. James Wong, the director, said mm. he originally intended Wendy to be a perky blonde and right. reworked the character slightly after Winstead was selected. Yeah, she's 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 not there for sex appeal, is she? She's meant to be quite nerdy, I think. Well, she's not. It's always was a weird one to like have a debate about. She's not bad looking, is she? She's like no, she, she's no, she's not. No, no, but she's not made out to be um, the same as the two sunbed girls are. I no, guess. and I have to think the idea with the initial casting idea was maybe to play off the traditional horror stereotypes. Yeah, and break that because if they cast, if the image of who they're casting is what I see on paper, that person dies first in every single horror film. That's true. And so maybe that would have been an interesting take to it. He said that he felt she brought a kind of soulfulness to the role as Wendy. And I her character think her, is, um, sorry, go on. And though her character is deeply <laughs> affected by the accident, her strength allows her to remain in control. She's also quite a good actor, isn't she? I think. Yeah, she's been in loads. She's in uh, the Die Hard reboot a year later as yeah. John McClane's daughter. Yeah. And she's she's done film, TV. Yeah, she's... I found she's an article from the time. The sort of film. I found it at the time with people saying that she could essentially be the next great movie star. Mm. The next great action star, sorry. Yeah. Obviously casting Kevin. And... <laughs> I believe these two had worked together previously. I think it was in one of the many like versions of The Ring or something like that. Oh, right. Okay. He came into audition. He auditioned for Final Destination 2, didn't get a part there, is brought back for this. The director described him as... A, as Such a shit feeling to audition for a Final Destination film and not get in. Final Destination 2 is would have been one of the biggest films of the year when it comes out. I suppose, yeah. I suppose. He described the character as the kind of guy you want to hang out with, your goofy best buddy, but also someone who could rise to the occasion and become a hero. And I do have some points on that later. Yeah, me too. I don't like this guy. Um, in term- if, if you get cast in a Final Destination film, are you buzzing? Because I quite like the idea of having like a really cool death scene. Yeah, I don't, I'm not looking down on these films at all. I think these films are a commercial success every time they come out. Yeah, yeah. It would this, be cool, this, though, wouldn't it? Like, this does over 120 million at the box office. Yeah, that's really good. Some familiar names who auditioned and missed out. Ashley Tisdale auditioned for the role of Erin, but lost. That's the uh, goth yeah. girl. Ashley Tisdale would have fitted would have fit into this film. And a similar theme: Vanessa Hudgens auditioned for the role of Julie, but lost out to Amanda Crew. Mm. And I think Amanda Crew would have done that role better than Vanessa Hudgens so fair play to them with the casting I wanted to be the goth girl the one that gets nailed the nail gun right yeah yeah Yeah, I'm not sure that's the that's the phrasing (laughs) to use yeah okay um yeah they could both I could see both of them in it question before we break down the death scenes and so on does this film work better if we like or dislike the characters um, I was in. You like them, so you don't want them to die, and you dislike them, so you want them to. Exactly. Um, I don't. I know. I just said that I don't really like that guy, but to be honest, that 
these films aren't fleshed out enough where you care if someone lives or dies, I don't think. Like, you're led so. to believe um, that at the end of this film, she dies anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, that's how, that's um, how I see it. Yeah, like, because they don't get off the train in time. I kind of don't care. I don't care that she dies at the end. I don't care that they die at the end. I'm not um, emotionally connected to the characters at all. But I suppose it is a little bit more um, fulfilling when one that you actually don't like dies, like the um, weird emo dude. The creators of the film, do you think they'd come out, do you think they'd be happy if you came out of the film and said, (laughs) I really like that guy? That can't be what they were going for. No, that's my point. So I I feel outside of the two main characters, their intention is to make everyone else as utterly dislikable as possible. They're all just so disposable. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, even the main character, um, what's his name, Kevin? Yeah. At, at the start of the film, he's such a punk. Yeah, we're about to get into that. Yeah, he's just the worst. But part of the perks in terms... None of the characters are particularly fleshed out in any of the films because that's no. not really... We get enough... We're about to get into the the first roller coaster scene. You get yeah. enough in the opening 10 minutes to know who each one of those characters is. Yeah. And yeah, you do. they need to use even less time in this one because... If you're watching this one, you've probably seen one and two. And if you haven't, yeah, the byline on IMDb or whatever magazine you were reading about it in, you understand the story. It, you don't need anything more than that. You don't need anything broken down you know, for you. So why you know, waste time? When it starts and you just see the funfair in the background, you know there's just going to be some horrendous incidents. <laughs> the scenes you see, like the rides and stuff, you know what's coming. Also, did you notice when the, when the credits roll, the name credits... There's a guy called Texas Battle. Yeah, that's uh, the guy that plays Lewis, the athlete. Yeah, but... (laughs) It's a cooler name than he has in the film. Texas Battle. Yeah, he runs a foundation now for um, underprivileged kids in South Africa, I believe. Well, fair play to him. But, I mean, is Texas Battle his real name, or is that a stage name? Yeah, that's... If you watch enough American sports, these kind of names... I just think if your surname uncommon. if your surname is Battle, don't name your kid Texas. Do you know what I mean? Like if if your surname is Fields, then don't uh, name your kid Flanders. Uh, I was going to get to this in just a moment. There is a literal character in this film named Frankie Cheeks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Is that his family name? <laughs> Frankie Cheeks. Yeah, well, that's a character. That's not a real life. You know, Frankie Cheeks is is probably one of my favourite characters in this anyway. If you get back into the business, can your new stage name... Kieran Cheeks. If not Frankie Cheeks, Kieran, Kieran Cheeks feels like it Kieran, doesn't roll off the tongue as Frankie, much to the point yeah. where people would assume you haven't made it up. Frankie Fletcher sounds better, doesn't it? What? As opposed to Kieran Cheeks? <laughs> I think Frankie might be the most natural sounding name with Cheeks. Frankie Cheeks. What about Johnny Cheeks? Johnny Cheeks sounds good. No, Charlie Cheeks. Charlie Cheeks. Yeah, okay. There we go. There's there's your new stage name. (laughs) Charlie Cheeks. I'll introduce you as Charlie Cheeks next week. (laughs) All right. I'll play around with it. We'll toy with it. We'll see what happens. What do you think of theme parks in general? I was going to ask you the same thing. Love Um, them. Oh, you're a big fan, are you? Yeah, I hit a period where um, I read, and to be honest, I wasn't 
at that point, but yeah. I just remember fearing it. Someone being told that they were too fat to get on a roller coaster, <laughs> and the fear of of I would have been able to get on, and I'm significantly smaller than that now. Yeah. The fear of actually just being asked to check. Mm. Like if someone tests you, me and Keenan, I've discussed this before because we were both had the same thought. Yeah. If someone even checks you, I don't think you can get back on the roller coaster after that. Without just the humiliation. Yeah. You just have to leave. Well, you have that. I mean, you have that with weight, but I have that with height. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Are you tall are you tall enough to get on this roller coaster? Um yeah, I I like theme parks, but I I really don't like the waiting. You know where you're waiting. Like so I've not hour. been to one in. Yeah, I've not been to one in a long time. But I, I love that. If I could get a VIP pass where I could just you know go around, um, Alton Towers or Fort Park or whatever without having to wait, it would be the best thing. But just the waiting just kills it for me. It's so so long. They say so in America, tedious. like so many people buy those fast passes that they're you're still queuing anymore. a long time yeah, even with them now. It's the same with Fort Park. You can get them, but then you're still waiting like half an yeah, hour. Yeah, I've never been to Fort Park. Oh, you should. Fort Park's just down the road from me. Maybe we should uh, yeah, I've, maybe we should do a, a trip, a day out. I've been to Alton Towers in uh, Drayton Manor. I've been to, that used to be the go-to for my dad, actually, in the summer holidays to be Drayton Manor. Yeah, I think people um, always have one, don't they? I went to America when, when I was in like year five, so I wouldn't have got the max out of it compared to if I went we there. Were, were, um, Orlando, was it? Yeah. Yeah, Disney. Yeah. Yeah. As as they board this uh, Devil's Flight roller coaster, Wendy mm. has the premonition. We know that's what's coming. The roller coaster is on the uh, poster. Very cool poster, actually, with them gradually turning into skeletons as they go further yeah. back on the carriage. Well, Remember before the- they even get on, you've got the lines... Uh, it's all just foreshadowing. It won't kill us to get a deep fried Snickers and a Coke. <laughs> we miss that standing in line for a day and a half. It's going to kill me. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. All those lines come before they've even got on the fucking train. And the guy that um, is doing the tannoy for the coaster and for the subway at the end is the guy that plays um, William Bloodworth in one and two and five. Basically uh, the guy yeah. that's supposed to represent death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they don't get him in this film, but they carry him over still. Mm. Yeah, we go going through the characters. We basically see that Wendy and Jason are a thing. Kevin, is it Candice? I forget her name. Oh, she she's very a very forgettable character. Yeah, they're a thing. And then we kind of go around the group. She has been. She's probably volunteered herself to be taking pictures for the yearbook. She tells us she's a control freak probably about eighteen times throughout the course of this film. Yeah, that's true. And then we, we go it. and we've got the pervy uh, Frankie Cheeks with his uh, camera. Frankie Cheeks is a perv. <laughs> Frankie Cheeks is a perv, but so is Kevin. Yeah, well, Kevin. I'm good, yeah. He just gets his hand just like slapped, basically. <laughs> yeah, that. Literally, he takes an upskirt photo of some girl in front of his girlfriend and then says, if this was in the yearbook, I'd buy two. <laughs> yeah, I had that down in quotes. <laughs> And he's she's supposed to like, be. She's just like Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> this is the same guy that later on in the film says I was going to ask her to marry me after graduation. He, yeah, he said. She Grow says up, something. You well, I think Wendy says I don't think any of us want a picture of whatever her name is, camel toe in the yearbook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? <laughs> just incredible Shakespearean dialogue. 
I mean, it's yeah. a thing of the time, basically, that, I mean, <laughs> in my notes, thongs were in back then. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm mainly thinking of. Uh, I think I think we should bring them back. I don't know how much WWE you watched, but no, Lita really. was basically doing what these girls are doing at the fair, where it's like pulled up and you can see it. Yeah. And um, I saw someone doing this walking through Gloucester recently, and I thought, <laughs> like, Fung, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Fongs aren't as in now as they used to be. But from seeing that, we are supposed to assume that these are. Are Bim- stereotypical Bimbos. slutty, yeah. like college girl characters, just because yeah. they're bent over playing a game, basically. Yeah, that's them. He says that'll sell. That'll sell a few yearbooks. <laughs> so he's still going at this point. Yeah, absolutely no idea of what it is to be a boyfriend. That lad. Frankie Cheeks is asking them to flash him in what I mean would be a logistical nightmare just with the tops they're wearing anyway, even yeah. if you just take out the, <laughs> I mean, every issue with his character. Frankie cheeks his old school ladies. is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> He's an incredible character. <laughs> oh God. Getting yeah. onto the coaster. Jason really, he's desperate to get on the roller coaster. Mm. I thought, He's that desperate to get Wendy onto the coaster. I would assume they'd be sitting together. They get to the front, and he's like, "Look, if you don't want to sit at the front, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to tell you. <laughs> I ain't sitting with you." Yeah. Both to of fit- these lads just are—they're just very uh, self-centered, aren't they? Not really thinking about their ladies. The first night of filming, they had to ride this roller coaster twenty-six times, <laughs> sixty times over three days. Wow. There's a behind the scenes with uh, the two girls, um, Ashley and Ashlyn, complaining that by the end of it, they were given cushions to sit on the seat because they were so uncomfortable, everyone, by the end of filming these scenes. They did it where they have the general structure from this theme park in Vancouver, and yeah. then they're able to CGI in like a structure around it to make it from a 70-feet roller coaster to a 200-foot roller coaster. Yeah. It is very, very high when they're up there, isn't it? They piece it together and then they film reaction shots, basically, so it, yeah. it's not all CGI'd. Cool. Because the main criticism at the time, and it, it doesn't hold up well now, is it's very clear in this scene what is CGI and what isn't. Yeah. And I think, to be honest, they go a bit CGI happy with this film, and it's a theme going throughout the films. Yeah. Um, sometimes they actually have some really nice set pieces and they just kind of cover it up with cgi blood but i don't think uh, it's not like it doesn't hold up very well though i I still think no it's just very obvious um, and it looks like they've kind of done a lot of the hard work to piece around it it's it's the same technology from i mean maybe i'm completely wrong just to the naked eye from watching the two behind the scenes documentaries it looks very similar to how they crafted cloverfield Mm. in which they would film a structure so they filmed the bridge and then they could film around it and kind of piece together the cgi structure with the real life structure and combine the two and if you shoot it a certain way you only hold frame for a certain amount of time you can blend them it's when you start going over and over and over there was no way for them to film kevin being sliced in half (laughs) but just certain things like the carriage coming off the tracks is very clear that that is cgi 
like they they wouldn't have had the budget to, to flip actually derail these carriages. And yeah. we're going to ask a question later. Maybe if Michael Bay's directing it, that's how it's done. That <laughs> yeah. wouldn't be how they're going to do it here. And some of the behind the scenes stuff is really cool. That's yeah. the most respect is the wrong word, but the most kind of admiration I have with the acting is how they can be in a room like that and still mm-hmm. put on the acting performance with no nothing around them to prompt them to get them in the moment anything just a green screen yeah she's i, I genuinely think she's quite good in this especially when she she's starts a really scream- good actress yeah when she starts screaming um you know when she's had the premonition and she starts screaming no i'm not getting yeah. on i'm not i'm not getting on and she she's crying and stuff it's very believable we have to get off of here no don't push the button don't don't push the button Wait. let me out let me out when when it's all right Jeez. no it's gonna crash it's gonna crash when they the hydraulics will rupture the dragons will let him sleep. What's going on? Let me off! Chick signed something. It's alright, let me off. Okay, let him out. Just the back. Hey, Wendy! Oh, relax. Now, what's the matter? I saw it. I saw it in my head. The tracks collapsed, the roller coaster crashed. No, she was just a little upset before. Man, right. please, can you please control that bitch? So I watched five last night which is the one they're on a bridge basically um that starts falling apart yeah yeah and he has the whole vision probably more terrifying to be fair than hers is although a lot of them are people that he he doesn't know yeah his reaction in terms of i need to get off this coach pales in comparison like it's 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 not Mm. the same test almost it's it's just yeah She's really she, good. There's she there's has a, the worst death as well. When it comes to dying on the roller coaster, she watches everyone else just get you know sliced and <laughs> yeah. And then she, at the very very last moment, she gets dealt with. Like she has the worst death for sure. At I like that she quick. I like that she keeps telling Kevin to hold on, like it hasn't crossed his mind. Like she's got yeah. to keep reminding him the whole way around. Yeah. Um, if we're going to talk about the ride itself when they all die as well, we do have to. Um, reference again our man Frankie Cheeks <laughs> he, says, he says guess who's back <laughs> whilst he sits behind them and takes his camcorder out and then says flash them sweet sweet titties when that's we what, go through the loop that's what I mean how the hell would they even do that <laughs> show me your titties he shouts he's just he's a wild this, guy this guy's a character he's a character uh there's a clip I saw recently from a theme park actually on TikTok and he runs one of those rides. Did you ever go to Straight Manor? Yes. So yeah. the ride uh, Apocalypse, I think it's called, it's basically uh-huh. the really tall one. Yeah, you get to yeah, the top yeah. and you drop it down drops. really fast. Yeah, it drops. He does one of them. Maybe it's not something like that, but it's something where there's a drop involved. It's called it's called like Apocalypto or something, isn't it? Yeah, but it's something like that. And he's he must be at the top before the yeah. drop. He must drop in. And he kind of touches their strapping or whatever. And he says, oh, hold on one moment. There's an issue. You're not locked in tight enough. And then he goes and presses the button to yeah. drop them down each time and just scares the shit out of them Bad before up. he lets them drop. And he's got these compilations of telling them there's an issue with the ride before dropping them and then films their reaction on the way down. Banter. You would be terrified. Yeah, you would. Yeah, I shit myself. Like probably would actually shit myself. He tells this one girl something like, uh, oh, hold on a minute, um, your lock's come undone. Oh, fuck off. I, uh, and they're like I mean, 100 feet in the air or whatever they are. 
You'd you would want to just go out, go back up, and just cave his skull in or push him on. And you can hear him go, no, 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 no. And then it drops, and then <clears throat> she realizes the she's laughing at the bottom. Have you seen the bungee jump one, where um they the guy jumps off? I think it's a woman jumps off for the bungee jump, and then they throw like a pretend um rope down after her to make her think that the Jesus. rope's like, yeah, I think I have seen that. Yeah, and it's just like that could ge- like genuinely give you a heart attack. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly you could die from that like i think i'd just go into yeah you just go into cardiac arrest yeah the cart that's just kind of hanging upside down is a scientific yeah. flaw that we're just prepared to accept for the good of the film <laughs> yeah yeah that that is terrifying for me i had a real irrational fear when i was younger <laughs> i think i've explained this before not of monkey bars <laughs> but that someone would ask me to have a go on the monkey bars. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I wouldn't... Uh, yeah, my upper body strength... dropped significantly different. My, no, yeah, my upper body strength was not that, that I could swing on the monkey bars, whether it was the technique, strength, all of those things. No, it's the fact and that so when the you were fear younger, I had, you looked like a giraffe. You had a really long neck. So the fear I had of embarrassing myself of someone going, let's go and play on the monkey bars and me not be able to do it. Your head would poke through the top of the monkey bars back in the day. I don't know what happened to your neck. It's a it's a medical mystery, your neck. It's not. I mean, it's... It uh, used to be extremely long. Leaving a, like, leaving a retail like job for an office job. And I used to... <laughs> I applied for a job... They offered me the job. I went into the supermarket we used to work at, very smug because I didn't like uh, the people there. Yeah. Handed in my notice, and then I left. And they called me while I was walking home and said, "We've had a bit of an issue. The person yeah. you were going to replace has actually decided they no longer want to leave. <laughs> what we can do is we can offer you a part-time role, but we can no longer offer you the full-time position. I'd not signed any contracts or anything." Ouch lesson learned there and so i was doing uh 20 hours a week for i think it was like four months yeah but i would go i did 10 till two i had a nice light and i would go in i would get myself a nice cake or something on the way in because i still had a little break you had a trifle no i was like these little um cream cakes i'd get from uh tesco but doing that daily after grinding <laughs> in the like eight hour shift stacking shells whatever you're doing just on your feet constantly i was playing football three four times a week all at yeah. once came to a halt the calories and that's where the net goes yep yep in terms of when she has her panic gets off some very handsy security by the way yeah can you be kept on on a ride against your will the manager just saying nobody gets off this ride um, yeah i don't know the one the security just go completely overboard. One of them like rugby tackles her. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like in um Elf when he tackled yeah. him from behind. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. The others as well. When um when she has her premonition, the others just getting off all smiley and happy, just like absolutely buzzing with the ride that they've just come off, and she's just like so so terrified. They yeah, they have no idea how lucky they were. It's very good, and what they do well. And I think with this one, maybe after the airplane, it's probably the best example. There is a point where you sit ready for the roller coaster to take off and you at least ask yourself, what would happen if this crashed? Or mm. well, I hope this doesn't crash. Yeah. And fortunately for us, it never has. 
It's happened yeah. one too many times at like Alton Towers now or Blackpool Beach where it's like, oh, this can't actually happen. People have lost like legs and stuff, haven't they? Um, I was never it's... allowed when, well, you know, when the fun fair went to Gloucester in the, yeah. in the park, um, I was never allowed on any of those rides because my mum was just like, yeah, they're just made so shoddily. Um, the... I was literally not, I was allowed to go around the park, but she just said I wasn't allowed to go on like any of the rides. There's those clips of the roller coaster in uh, Pleasure Beach at Blackpool that like a number of times when it's cold, I think, has just crashed at the top and people have to walk down from like <laughs> however many hundred feet in the air. That's, yeah, that's terrifying compared to the actual ride itself. Although I have to say when, when you're on a roller coaster and you're going up and it does get to the top, you are like, oh my God, there, it is scary. It's fun, but it's scary. Yeah, unreal. Um, I feel like all of this could take place at um, Winter Wonderland in Hyde Park. I don't know if you've ever been. Um, I haven't, like no. The, the Christmas, like when London does Christmas at Hyde Park, it's, it's the same kind of energy. It's like fun. I guess this one's more scary, but like, that's a Christmassy one, but it's the same, same vibe. What comes from this scene is... Kevin is essentially like moving to Wendy for the rest of the film, like yeah. his best his missus. Yeah. And they do it in <laughs> a way a where guy. it doesn't come across as too creepy. Yeah, you're meant to start rooting for him. That's the thing. Like you're meant to start rooting for him, even when it's like, I was gonna ask her to marry me, and you're just like, No, you're the guy that like upskirted someone. I made a promise. <laughs> I made a promise side, to Jason. Yeah. That I was going to yeah. look after you, and she's like, "You made a promise to sit on a ride next to me." <laughs> that is not yeah. how this goes. She's like, she's like, "Jason's dead. He's not here." What world does she live in where she doesn't know that SpongeBob lives underwater? Yeah, true, true. That's all there I is to say about that. that. <laughs> no, I've, I've... <laughs> nothing we more spoke... to say on that one. We spoke previously about. Uh, the director working to uh, tailor the trailer to fit their specific needs or the poster to only show certain things. Mm. They say this was one of the rare films in which the director and the DVD team collaborated from the film's inception. Um, The film Mm. is actually shot, and you can find these on YouTube, with a load of DVD interactive features in mind. I don't know if you used to get those uh, books where it's basically, you know, turn to page... 26 if you want to go oh, left yeah. at the end of this yeah, tunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and love can, those. And you I can change cheat, you can change the outcome in the film yeah. uh, and you can tweak certain things. There's one where you can tweak it so Frankie realizes the error of his ways. And Ooh, Mr. Cheeks. He goes and gets some help and then he's arrested in a sting by the police at the end of it. <laughs> well, if that's on YouTube, I am watching it. There's there's loads and so uh yeah, there was a Netflix one with um, our guy, Will Poulter. What yeah, was it Bandersnatch, Black yeah, Mirror. Yeah, that was it. And this was before people had to have continual debates as to whether things were canon and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. people just kind of got on board with, oh, I have a DVD where I can decide how you're yeah. going to die. <laughs> I'll go along with it. I forgot about those books. I used to really like those books, but I did yeah. always cheat. I would always cheat if I like went down <laughs> if I went down a corridor and it like turned out I got trapped. I'd be like, oh, no, didn't, didn't go down that page. Yeah. Bad character trait, that. I know, I know, awful. The tanning scene is probably the most iconic scene in the film. If someone says, which one is that? Is that the one with... Oh, it's the yeah, one with the tanning. That's you said how people sun, identify yeah, it. Yep, yep. The precursor to this scene where Ashley and Ashley and 
invite Wendy to tan with them is great. She's like, yeah. that was so nice of us. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's, there's only two. There's only two sunbeds yeah. in there, but presumably she'd be waiting outside whilst the other two have finished. I love the rain pouring down. Death is now just represented by wind, wind blowing, and this happens on several times where she's like. Yeah. I feel something around me and the trees blow and she's like, yeah. I have to sit down. She's <laughs> um, got the force. Kevin, and this, as I said, the perks of having seen the previous films, Kevin saves them an entire plot line of discovering how death works by just yeah. Googling it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, genius. And for the next uh, two, uh, the next film, so for number four, they basically do the same of, oh my God, there's all these incidents. I just searched yeah. it and like, I've got all this stuff. And in the second as well, they say, you know, there's this stuff that happened previously. Mm. And so they, they take that part out of it. The um, When they're in the sunbeds. Can we, well, before we get to the sunbeds very quickly, because I mentioned the funeral, that part of them going through the photos where the Final Destination franchise takes responsibility for 9-11 <laughs> killed me. <laughs> And apparently, the shadow. The shadow. Yeah. Apparently, this was quite outrageous in 2006. Uh, I mean, we're five I years suppose, past. Only yeah, five years. There's, yeah. I, I suppose there's never. Is it ever going to be okay to to talk about what happened there? I mean, nowadays, I think most American comics have made a 9/11 joke, and it's something around the situation. This, they literally say. Oh my god, we could have stopped it if we'd seen sooner. There's a plane yeah. and a shadow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Quite a ballsy thing to take control of. Yeah, they, they want to get a quick bronze in before graduation. They dismiss every rule, every quick protocol bronze. there. That's what they say. <laughs> Talking like Frankie Jeep. Oh, is that a quote? Yeah. Okay, all right, okay, fine. I thought that was you saying that. Yeah, okay. No, and the, I mean it goes. They bring a drink in, it shorts some circuits, a shelving unit falls, both of them get burnt alive at deadly temperatures. That is that's the great thing about these films is that you do try to piece together what the fuck kind of like misfortune yeah. circumstances are gonna to tie together to just create absolute havoc. Love roller coaster is playing on the stereo. Yeah, 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 yeah. By um I think it's the red hot chili peppers one as well. Because... Well it's by Ohio players. But that's that's the original. Ohio Players is the original, but I think this is the Red Hot Chili Peppers cover. Which... No, it's not because... Oh, is, is it not? I've, no, because I found out and this spun me. Yeah. One of the reasons this was used, aside from the name, there's an urban myth with this song that the scream on the track came from a woman who died while falling off a roller coaster. Wow. And that's an urban legend around this film, around this song, sorry. Well, well, I didn't know that. I thought it was a Red Hot Chili Peppers cover, which would just make it even better yeah. because it's the fact that they do become Red Hot Chili Peppers. This death is on them as much as any in the entire franchise. They literally bring the drinks in and up the temperature themselves. Yeah, stupid, stupid. I think people that use sunbeds are stupid anyway. So there, I've said it. Yeah. Ridiculous thing to do. So bad for you. So bad for you. It's... It's so cool the uh, transition you get at the end of this scene yeah. where the sunbeds fade into the coffins. coffins. Yeah, yeah, very, very good. I also picked up on that. Some of the camera work is actually really fun throughout this. You get some really cool yeah. shots. You get 
more creativity really than there is in the dialogue. Yeah, exactly. But that's, then, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Like a film like this, you can just play around with because you're not. It's not trying to take itself too seriously. You can do stuff like that. It essentially relies on Elizabeth Winstead doing just enough to keep you grounded in the story. Yeah, there has to be some level of believability, connection, whatever. You have to cling on to something. The issue with four is, yeah, every character is just either just completely pathetic, dislikable. You you can't cling on to anyone or their story. She does drive the narrative, doesn't she? Like, you've got her worrying about, I think, mainly her sister. Yeah. I quite like the relationship between her and her sister, actually. I think that's done quite well. But, um, yeah, she she's the one that I guess, I, I guess you care about, but like I said, I'm not that bothered that she dies at the end. Shalane Simmons, who plays one of Ashley or Ashley and the blonde one, She didn't want to do the scene topless, but she agreed after James Wong convinced her that it was necessary because it made the scene more realistic. This was her first... absolute bullshit. That's so bad. She didn't need to be topless in that. It was her first time doing on-screen nudity. She was very nervous. They close off the set. Only the cameraman is present other than the millions that are going to watch the film after. But... (laughs) Both of them go topless. They're more than comfortable after the fact. And this film comes out, she realizes being naked isn't such a big deal. She goes on to appear nude in two more films after. She says, credits it to a good experience on this film. But only one of them is topless. No, they both go topless. One of them's got a bra on, doesn't it? No, she? she takes it off, 100%. Oh. Oh, Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah, they've both got their boobies out. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Well, I mean, it's it's not necessary to the scene, I don't think. I think they both could have had I their think most people tan. I think most people tan like that, so it probably is. And that is, that's literally this genre of film. Yeah, that's true. I've got to think, Very I don't want to speak for the director, if they say they didn't want to go topless, they're probably casting someone else. I agree. Yep, that probably would have happened. Yep. I suppose You're if ticking. you read, I suppose if you read the script and you agree to play the role, then I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess. I don't You're know. I, do you know what? I just, I don't really know how sunburns work. I've never been in one. I just think they're fucking stupid. You're ticking so many boxes for these deaths in terms, the believability. There's a number of things that are far fetched in this. I mean, it literally jumps off the shelf. The shelf literally jumps off the wall. But you tick off claustrophobia with the sunbeds. Mm. Fire, everyone has been around a fire to at least have some level of understanding as to how hot it would be feels a ridiculous thing to say, but you get what I mean. You can at least envisage... It's just an awful way to die. Yeah. And so all of these things, you take an extraordinary situation and you play on enough things that make it you'd be able to get into the scene yourself and there is a very similar there. um there is a very similar death scene in saw isn't there where um there's a person that's trapped in like a furnace and they set yeah. on fire yeah yeah it's that bad. one feels they, um, a, a, li- a little more yeah. far away than like hundreds of thousands of people will tan every single day true yeah true I w- i'd be interested in uh if tanning went up and down in there? the short term Mm. sorry because there is always that believability in these deaths where you're like this 
this is far fetched, but like it could happen. Yeah. The car motor, the death of uh, Mister Cheeks. <laughs> Mister Cheeks, who, by the way, I haven't I haven't mentioned this yet. He is the spitting image of Matt Hancock. No. Yes, no. he is. That is ridiculous. Yes, yes, he is. Get up a photo of Mr. Cheeks right now. Get Frankie up and you will notice Matt Hancock. He'll be staring back at you. No, I'm not seeing it. I'm going to wait. I'm going to go on IMDb right now. <laughs> I mean, that's not doing much for anyone else listening. So, Frankie Cheeks. <laughs> okay, maybe not so much in these photos. No, no, I stand by it. Yes, he does. Look, you can stand by it. For anyone listening, Kevin and Wendy have searched put... Sam Houston. He's called. I, he I know what he looks like. I'm, I'm just, I'm just disagreeing with your take. <laughs> They've got their theory at this point that the photographs are how they tie these things in, and they can pinpoint what's going to happen. Yeah, Wendy is clearly very good at this game because she figures out the tanning yeah. thing with just some orange hue on the photo that they're going to be burnt alive. Yep. They need to stop somewhere, try and find Frankie, figure out where he's going to be. They have no clues on the picture. Yeah. Unbeknownst to them, a truck without a driver, and there's a lot of those in this franchise, starts barreling down the hill. Classic. All the while, another truck has backed into Kevin's car and blocked them in. They've got nowhere to move. They smashed the windshield. The two jump to safety at the last possible moment, which yep. Death must have known, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. The motor from Kevin's car is expelled towards the convertible in front of them and slices his skull open. Of course, Frankie Cheeks drives a convertible, by the way. Yeah, This is just another great one where you see what's coming, but you don't see what's coming. Yep. Final destination. The balance between... The balance between uh, the suspense building as it's barreling down the hill, as they're trapped in, the radio starts going. The effects are really good in this and how they do it. You've got this almost like ticking clock going down as they keep flashing as you see the truck getting closer. Would be scary, wouldn't it? It's it's everything that makes these films successful. Yeah. These are gory films, but the real strength of them is in the audience participation. We know yeah. that someone's going to die. We don't know how they're going to die. It's, it's, it's like a miniature whodunit in every scene as we try and yeah. figure out, is that what we're going to do? Is that what's going to do it? Is that a red yeah. herring? Yeah. And it's, the not gore, so much, it's not so much the gore, is it? It's the way that the incidents take place is what excites you. The gore punctuates it. Yeah, agreed. You know, that's the payoff. The, the the tension is is brilliant. I think the fifth one actually has the best example of that with the uh, nail that falls from a ceiling fan onto the balance beam and their yes, yes, hands yes, and feet yes, going yeah. either side of it. So good. Yeah. And the death in that is one of the best in the entire franchise as well. They just get crumpled, don't they? Yeah. They just mistime the jump. Which again, like all these deaths, you're like, you know what, this this could happen. Cause the, the whole red herring stuff with the nails, that, that yeah, that's a good example. They play on everyday scenarios and then push them to the very limit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, these, I know I said this film's not particularly philosophical, but like, I do think they have a lasting impact on your psyche because, or at least this ideology, like, I, ideology, 
what's the word? I ideological. Uh, yeah, because it kind of makes you think. You know the butterfly effect. We were like, oh, if I yeah. if I do this, what's going to happen? If I don't do this, what's going to happen? It does when you you know when you watch these films, you do kind of get into that mindset a little bit. Like, you know, if I if I left the house ten seconds later, this could yeah. have happened. Or if I yeah, it's it's a strange one. Ideology. That's the word I was thinking of. The I wrote down the a quote as they head to the gym to find Lewis, <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Ashley and Ashley were first, then Frankie Cheeks. Uh, just a hilarious <laughs> set of names. Oh, God. And in this, the swords are there the whole time. They don't even yeah. ask him to move away from them. Yeah. And what I thought was best with this is, say you're in this position in real life. Mm-hmm. You have to go and approach someone that isn't your friend and explain this to them. How the hell do you explain this? You don't. Yeah, you don't. That's that's the thing, and you can't. You can't, can you? you there's there's no way that you're going to convince someone, unless they, they've also done a quick Google. You're not going to convince think, someone of what's going on here. I think by the time it gets to the nail gun, you've at least got some evidence to support your point. Yeah. I think yeah. they'd convince me. I'd just be at home terrified, but. The way they do it here your, with your solution has always been just kill yourself. <laughs> well, you can't even do that in this film, which I was going to get to. Yeah, they try oh, to well, do that in another one, don't I they? I can't believe one of the things I forgot. Maybe well, the quote that killed me the most in the whole film. Just for how utterly ridiculous it is. <laughs> when Kevin when they get taken off the roller coaster, Lewis gets up. And he starts going, you know, get her on a leash, man. Oh, boo-hoo, she just wants some attention. <laughs> Kevin says, fuck you, man. He says, fuck moi. <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell does he say it like that? Genius. because it's With just a complete straight face as well. And no one questions it. <laughs> uh, I, I can't, I'd have been... That's I'd have had to record again if I'd forgotten that by the time we'd finished recording. I've been waiting to bring that up since Tuesday. Um, Frankie Cheeks has got all the best lines for me, personally. The, the disappointment I have with this scene is the death is obviously very good. They had like a model head made that they would pop between the weights and they cover it in this CG blood. Yeah. You don't think that they needed it? No, there's just there's just uh, no need at all. But no. I mean, it's still a great scene. Yeah, you just you're you're meant to believe in that scene that the sword's going to like impale him, aren't you? That's that's like the red herring of that scene. They always, I mean, they always do that. I think for anyone listening that hasn't watched the Final Destination films, you're in for such a treat. We are basically spoiling all the deaths, but they are great. They actually are great. You just don't see them coming. Yeah, I know some people do listen to podcasts about films they've not seen yet. It's it's not for me, so I kind of assume everyone is the same. Yeah, so true. I think our, we're on the record as we're literally talking about almost every point of the film. So which one is going to be there? <laughs> Very spoiler heavy. That that's a, a great line where he says, "I'm here because I get good hunches before every down," and he says, "No, you know they're either going to run or pass." Fair point. Yeah. And then he says, USA Today, All-American, fuck the Bruins. 
And they were all like, oh, yes! <laughs> They're all just giga chads. Every single like jock in an American film is just such a chad. Fuck death, I just win. <laughs> and that moment where he thinks he's had the near miss, cash money, every time they do that in this franchise. Yeah, the split yeah. second of gloating, bang. Yeah, See you later. Gloat. Never gloat. That's why I don't go to the gym. That could happen. <laughs> that is a thing. Everyone's mentioned, like, imagine if you drop that weight on your head. There yeah, you go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was going to ask, how do they cope? Because by this point in the film, say by this exact point, they've now seen two people die in the most horrific ways imaginable. They've seen that one of them, they've heard that they've been torched in a sunbed. Yep. How do you just keep marching on, push the PTSD to one side? Mm. I'd be trying the self-checkout, but... I mean... They don't let you. In, in two, the guy puts yeah, a they, gun to his head and he fires it. There's, bullet, there's six bullets in there. Right, the gun yeah. won't go off. The, the fourth film, a guy tries to hang himself. He's like, I've been trying this for hours. It's not working. Yeah, yeah. Which is um, strange why they still reference it in the nail gun scene, but I guess they don't know that. Yeah, I think it's more it's more traumatizing for her than anyone else because she's the only one that's had the premonition. Like, yeah. if the others had seen what she'd seen, they'd probably yeah. be equally freak, freaking out. But now they're just like, "Oh, this is this is unfortunate." But those two were bimbos. Would you look at your photo? <laughs> they were obviously going to set themselves on fire. Would I look at my own photo? Um, I was in if I believed in in what was what she told me. Um, I mean, even even if you don't believe, I would still, you know. Yeah, prob- probably. On the off chance, do you want to see? Probably it? just out of curiosity. Yeah, probably. Would it also be through fear that something was going to be up your ass? Because <laughs> you've seen no. three people now die in the most embarrassing ways possible. Yeah, true. Um, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah. Just not sure I'd ask. You'd the rather nail, be, be uh, ignorant to it. Ignorance is bliss. The, the nail gun. Wendy and Kevin, they, they visit Ian and Erin. They're working at a home improvement store. Not sure why they're there so late locking up on their own, but there we go. Yeah. Why is Ian just wiping out birds? And how long <laughs> did it take him to get that yeah. accurate? That's not a man that's doing that for the first time. He looks like... He just looks like he's straight out of Twilight as well. He looks like a vampire. This guy is like made to look like a villain. You've got the, the, the two bimbos that are overly bronze. This guy is like overly pale. He actually he, just looks like a Twilight villain. He seems so like his character. The behind-the-scenes stuff I saw. So when they're filming the roller coaster upside down, they're, they're stuck yeah. up there, obviously, for a long time doing that. Yeah, yeah. And it just cuts to him and he's like, oh, this so sucks balls, man. <laughs> Apparently the facts that he quotes in this film, the director basically just gave him just a lot of random links to search and he could just give out whatever facts he wanted. Uh, he got really into the research and just started trying to quiz the director and he was like, this this wasn't the point of you doing this. I don't care. Just give me stuff in when I say, when I say we're rolling. He just created his own asshole there. Yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he's more memorable than, I mean, you've got Frankie Cheeks, who's obviously memorable. You've got the girl that's memorable. This guy is the other one that you remember in these films. Do you think- is, your, is your window open? No. Oh, uh, yeah, it is open, yeah. I can hear birds. That's a nice bit of uh, atmosphere. Uh, okay. 
and they do, as I say, Brockworth just goes mental every time. Just, I thought I was going mad because you started referencing pigeons and then pigeons, and then I was like, "Well, now I can suddenly hear birds." Okay, yeah, go on. There's birds in my room. Birds <laughs> outside my room. It's just the way I roll. Yeah, confirmed. I think it's one of the coolest scenes in the film because in one scene they tick off a load of questions that fans will have been asking by the time it gets to the third film. They mention Murphy's Law and how that could poke a hole in death design. They raise questions that have been avoided by the directors, whatever, namely that avoiding the original disaster might have been life's plan all along. Mm. they say people do this every day put your toe into the road you pull it back oh my god i could have been hit by a car they don't then have their entire life ruined because they nearly died but with the several deaths already i think it's odd that they are as dismissive as they are let's go with what you guys are saying let's just say you know that death does have a conscious plan and that it's been set into motion Great. So, Newton's third law of motion. And, well, look, I'm just guessing that it goes for death, too, when he's working in our world. Newton says that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So, that means that if death has taken action, so can we. And that that action we take might have an opposite reaction that thwarts death's intent. You're being a fucker, but go on. Okay. Hmm. But it would. It's, it's the kind of thing you would see in the Scream franchise as they pick apart the kind of horror tropes. Yeah. And then we spoke about the audience participation. They pump fake with the magnetic tool. The chains are working. There's a hook. There's a self-driving forklift, which he had to get. <laughs> Why does every vehicle drive itself? In he, had, he had to get a forklift license to do this film, by the way. <laughs> I love stuff like that. There's some falling hammers, they say. <laughs> Sorry, it's a technicality that we just can't pass. You just yeah. have to learn how to drive a forklift. They say it oh. took them two hours to get that one shot of the hammer falling down and smashing something. They just yeah, they had I to like, do it manually. I like the practical effects, stuff like that there. Cool. There's some wooden stakes. And then yeah. death does find them. I think it's probably the coolest death in the film. Her, the nail gun. Yeah. yeah, because we you you don't see it coming, do you? It's well, it's well, it's like you, the opposite. You, you'd think it's coming for him with an elgin, and it's the it's like the opposite of the Cloverfield monster. Like we see mm. everything in this one compared to the others, where it's so obscured by blood spattering. Yeah, in yeah. here they just make a fake mock up of their head so they can just smash some nails through it. But yeah. oh, it's so good. When um after that scene as well, when she comes out of the police station, the way that the two scrot. The two cops screw face her, like they're they're looking at her when she when she leaves the police station. Like she's the one up to no good. They're like, hmm, proper proper screw facing her. Just thought, like you know, leave her alone. It's not her doing all this, but she's basically become like a suspect at this point. Well, we we go on from there, and look, this whole historic fair is nuts. Why is Kevin still going to work? How, yeah, I know. This, had this mental day, and he's like, "Look, got a clock in. I'm security at a firework festival. <laughs> Can't see how that could possibly go wrong." Yeah, yeah. Amanda Crew flips the bird more times than Stone Cold throughout this film, and she continues that into Sex Drive, one of the greatest comedies ever made. And she's given the bird the whole way through that. That horse just parading around like it's from Troy. The 2000s was just a massive decade for horse dragging. 
Kevin is just yeah. equipped. He's just a master with a sword now. Yeah. She um very good though. She, she's not particularly urgent when she rings her sister when she notices in the photo. Um and she notices that the sister's left the house. She's not particularly urgent. What? She rings her and then leaves a voicemail. <laughs> she's driving to this fair. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's a wolf in the middle of the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all just death connotations, isn't it? Um. Eventually, she gets freed. She's saying, who was sat next to you? Who was sat next to you? Meanwhile, her friend just gets speared because she won't spit the name out of who was sat next to her. Yeah. She should have survivor's guilt. Yeah, yeah. Those two fucking idiots as well, like Beavis and Butthead, who think it's a good idea to scare that horse. (laughs) What are they doing? Even regardless of the film, why is it a good idea to just throw, like, what they call firecrackers at a horse? Just what people do. Assholes. And then Death is just, like, tired at this point because all of the others are spread out. In the space of five minutes, Julie gets saved... Yeah. Then Perry gets killed. Yeah. Then Kevin gets saved. And then they're on to Wendy in the space of five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Death's just trying to wrap it up at this point. Yeah. The, the initial ending had the trio walking away after Ian's death when the sign comes down. Oh, what? And just surviving? You don't get the train? Yeah, that was, that was the ending. Then... Mm. They send it out to test audiences. They say, "Well, we've seen this. We've seen this before. Like you've shown us nothing new." True. So they add in the sign coming down. It chops him in half rather than just flattening him. Yeah. Which is done. It's quite cool actually. That they put him in basically a green morph suit for half of his body. He's dressed for the other. That's cool. And then they shoot blood at him as he goes down. Nice. That does slightly better, and they're like, "But we need—we've seen this before because the first film ends with the sign coming down." Yeah. What they hadn't seen before was another accident, and this time they're unable to avoid it. Yeah. It was going to be done in the subway. Wendy, Julie, and Kevin would be together. They would bump into Kimberly and Officer Thomas from the second film. Oh, okay. Then you'd clock. We've got five survivors here together something's up mm. that would have been they quite can't cool get those two on board for the uh, reshoots Fair. and so uh, they do it this way where they all bump into each other and then slowly realise yeah something might be up here <laughs> yeah it's when they notice Kevin isn't it they're like oh shit yeah and they build it so well the ad boards yeah. the 180 the voice on the tannoy <laughs> yeah the, yeah. the, the single tier setup shot coming out of the premonition is as good as the coffin scene. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And then it ends as they can't stop the train, but yeah, the whole thing, the ending, the way it comes together, the music that there's someone behind you piping through the whole film. It's the only film in the franchise that releases a soundtrack after the fact. Yeah. The music in this is that is, it does play quite a big part, doesn't it? Sufficiently creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go through the awards. Let's do it. MVP. Cranky cheeks. <laughs> For God's sake. <laughs> it has to be Wendy. 
Yeah, all right, fine. Give it to Wendy. Yeah, fine. Well, I mean, you fine. can give your MVP to who you want to give your MVP to. Frank Frankie Cheeks is is the guy that makes a film for me. Frankie Cheeks is your MVP. Show me them titties. <laughs> I'm clipping that. <laughs> Star of the film, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, yeah, I agree. Second I agree. single tier guy in a fortnight. Who was who was the other one? It's literally a quote from Whiplash. You're not one of those oh, single yeah. tier guys, oh, yeah, are you? Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, my bad. Sorry. There's a behind the scenes clip of her all but crying. I can hear myself echoing back on your thing, which I don't, I don't like, but we're a bit late in. Um, all right, I was trying to turn you down. Can't do it. Um, <laughs> Can't turn me down, maybe. She's basically crying, saying, oh, I, got, I can't, I can't get it to I can't get this tear to come and it takes like 20 minutes of her anguishing mm. that she can't get a tear to drop eventually gets that single tear and the director is like you're the best ever <laughs> like this is incredible <laughs> they get that one shot when they're able to zoom out of her eye and it does yeah. look very good yep and a lot of these fun as nation films, it kind of goes from there's a few solid performances sprinkled in. It's kind of being nice. It's like an average level for the rest of the characters. Yeah. This is the best performance of the entire franchise. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is the strongest for sure. What is the best moment slash scene for you? Um, Best scene i think i think it is the sunbed one um only because that's that's the most recognizable it's it's that it's like you said when you think about this film you're like oh what final destination is that you know the sunbed one oh okay yeah yeah. it's just the one that sticks out yeah i agree yeah any quotes that have been uh missed out lewis complaining that he doesn't have a psp at the (laughs) ashley's funerals did get me (laughs) Um, no, all the quotes I've had down have just been uh, Mr. Cheeks, and they've all been mentioned. I think when they're debating how much of a tan they should get, and she says, "I just want to make sure we look our best for all those kids that died that night who'll never get a graduation." <laughs> She's so selfless. Would you rather add Mark Wahlberg, Zac Efron, or Tobey Maguire to this movie? Uh, I think Zac Efron fits in quite well. Where? Um, I'd put Zac Efron as Kevin. I'm torn between two. Wahlberg can come in, he can play Lewis, mm. get his head clapped. Mm. If Efron comes in, he's playing Jason. You reckon? Yeah, but then he's wasted too quickly. Yeah. You've got, you've only, that's, that's like a. Um, Brian Cranston in Godzilla. He's only in it for like three minutes. That's the vibe I'm going with. All right, okay. Each to their own. Would you rather add Jennifer Lawrence, Florence Pugh, or Rose Byrne to this movie? It's got to be J-Law, hasn't it? Yeah, I would agree. In Mary Elizabeth Winstead's role, which yeah. feels harsh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I can just All see right. her she doing do the she could do it. hysterics best. Yeah, she could do it. She's a crier. If you had to make a spin-off movie about a side character <laughs> from this film... Who would it be about? I know who you think I'm going to say. You think I'm going to say Frankie Cheeks, but I'm not. I'm going to say the dancing black guy at the start. 
<laughs> black guy at the start in the suit with the retro glasses. Do you know what I'm on about? I do, but I actually had down. I I want to know how Frankie Cheeks got the name Frankie Cheeks. <laughs> Is it a family name? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I'm more than happy to watch a spin-off on either of those. I just think that guy who's just dancing going completely in with the retro glasses deserves more. In the gift shop based around this film, what's the highest selling item? Um, mine's boring. I'd probably say a camera. It's quite boring. It's the McKinley School T-shirt. Oh yeah, really good show. <laughs> really good show. Yeah, yeah. Would this be better as a Judd Apatow comedy, a Michael Bay action movie, or a South Park spin-off episode? It has to be Michael Bay, surely. No, I think That's, a South Park yeah. spin-off. I think they'd nail this. Yeah, but South Park spin-off, it would just be it would just be Kenny dying over and over and over again. Wouldn't Cartman it? not being convinced that it's yeah. happening. Carl getting all worked up. I think it would just be Kenny dying over and over and over <clears throat> and over again if it was South Park. Or Randy probably has the premonition, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, true. I'm going to South Park spin-off episode. Yeah, I just don't think South Park's been enough episodes long enough. I think Michael Bay would, would take it to the next level. If you could add any song to the soundtrack, what would it be? I've got quite a few down for this. So when um, when the emo guy is chasing her in the car, how about Man in the Mirror by MJ? Jesus. Um, I'm talking about the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. No message could be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change. Just that playing in the background while she's being chased. Um, I'm, I I had down that I might replace someone behind you with Hurdy Gurdy Man just to go back to uh, Zodiac <laughs> in the in, in the last season. I've got Don't Stand So Close to Me by the Police. Um, I've got Paparazzi by Lady Gaga. All right, my alternate was Hot in Here during the tanning scene. That's good. That is good. That is uh, all I have. Do you have anything else to add? Um. Uh, my only other question was, are these films better than the Fast and Furious franchise? No. Okay, good. I agree. I think there's more good Fast and Furious films than Final Destination films. Yeah. There is it's ten the of same, them. But... Well, it's the same sort of franchise where you can just keep making them, right? And just each time you have to get a little bit sillier. Yeah, well, they... They weren't always silly, the finals. They're fast and furious. They kind of realized partway through that these shouldn't be a car movie anymore. These should be a movie yeah. with cars in them. Yeah, true. And that's when they at the stakes. But I literally go to space. Next week, we are getting into Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. Hell yeah. Be there or be a square. Arrivederci. Adios. <laughs>